Well, four weeks ago, I began our sermon series by reflecting on a question that had been a game changer for me when I first heard it. And the question was this, what do you have that you did not receive? What do you have that you did not receive? And we talked about how it's possible to read the Bible as the story of God the giver and then what we as human beings do with what God gives us. Because what we do with God gives us is fundamental to the kind of life we live for Jesus, fundamental to how we understand our relationship with money and with time and with gifts and abilities, and therefore fundamental for how we understand our support of an investment in this church, Village Church Rollsville. So this series hasn't just been about hearing stuff from me or from scripture or even from lay people in our congregation who have shared, it's been about having an opportunity to show through our actions, through completing a generosity commitment card, that we want to be faithful with what God has given us. So in the first week, we were reminded that faithfulness with what God gives us begins with with receiving uh, and trusting God as both generous giver and generous gift. How when we do that, um, it gives us a good foundation for generosity. And then we, we talked about how human beings can misuse and abuse the good gifts that God gives us when we believe the lie of, and the myth of scarcity. And then last week, we talked about faithfulness looking like the discipline of delight, intentionally treasuring and savoring the blessings that God has already given us, and how when we do that, it opens us up to being more generous people. And today, we conclude the series in our generosity Uh, commitment season with the truth that faithfulness with the gifts that God has given us means that we share them. We share them. Let's pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, that it would grow us and transform us, that we might live for you and might bear fruit for your kingdom. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the gospel of, of John. Chapter 6, I invite you to listen for God's word. After this, Jesus went across the Galilee Sea, that is, the Tiberias Sea. A large crowd followed him because they had seen the miraculous signs he had done among the sick. Jesus went up a mountain and sat there with his disciples. It was nearly time for Passover, the Jewish festival. Jesus looked up and saw A large crowd coming toward him, he asked Philip, where will we buy food to feed all these people? Jesus said this to test him, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, more than a half year's salary worth of food wouldn't be enough for each person to have even a little bit. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said, a youth here has five barley loaves and two fish, but what good is that for a crowd like this? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass there. They sat down, about 5,000 of them. Then Jesus took the bread. When he had given thanks, he distributed it to those who were sitting there. He did the same with the fish, each getting as much as they wanted. When they had plenty to eat, he said to his disciples, gather up the leftover pieces so that nothing will be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves that had been left over by those who had eaten. When the people saw that he had done a miraculous sign, they said, this is truly the prophet who is coming into the world. 
Jesus understood that they were about to come and force him to be their king, so he took refuge again alone on a mountain. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, this is one of those rare stories that appears in all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all have this miracle in the narrative of Jesus' life and ministry. But John's Gospel has some wonderful little details that the other Gospels do not. In John's Gospel, there is a boy. We'll get to him in a moment. But Jesus has been followed by a great crowd. They've seen the miraculous healings that he's done. It's almost Passover, John tells us, which for people back then would have been a cue to connect this story to Exodus and the wilderness when God rained down manna from heaven so that Israel would have food to eat. Here, the people are once again in the wilderness, the crowd is. So Jesus asks his disciples, hey, where are we going to get food to feed all of these people? And Philip acts like we do sometimes. There's not enough, he says. Not enough money to buy food for all these people. We look at what's uh, needed or what's asked of us. We look at what we have. We look at what's around. We think, no way. I just, just can't share. I, I just have, all, all I have is, have you ever questioned the significance of what you had to offer? Have you ever waited to make a, a financial investment in God's kingdom until you might have something greater to give? Have you ever waited until you could gather more courage or, or just get your act together before doing what you feel called to do or offer? I haven't got the time. I, I haven't got the money. I haven't got the energy. I haven't got the ability. All, all I have is before we know it, we haven't had an opportunity to share it all. But there is this, this boy there. Andrew notices him and what he's brought for lunch. Five loaves and two fish. I'm sure his mother maybe had, had packed that meal many times before for him. Maybe she drew a smiley face on a rag and stuck it in the basket too. Maybe his parents are there with him on the hillside and they're, and they're talking to friends in a different place. As he left his home that morning, he couldn't have guessed that he would end up offering his lunch to Jesus. Or maybe every day, or maybe we should always expect that every day we live is a chance to share something with Jesus. He couldn't have guessed that it would be part of a miracle of feeding over 5,000 people. Or maybe every moment is a prelude to a miracle when we share. After all, it was just an ordinary lunch. Five loaves, two fish. But he shares what he has been given. He is faithful with what he has been given because he offers it. To Jesus. And here's the thing about Jesus when we're willing to share, Jesus loves to take what little we think we have and do something startling with it. As I read this passage again this week, I found myself wondering what if the little boy had said no to the stranger who came up and told him that Jesus wanted his lunch? 
What if he had sprinted back to his parents in the crowd? What if his parents had, had said, Jesus, can you just leave us be? Jesus, that's, that's our lunch. Like, that's our food. That's our loaves and fishes. That's not so far-fetched, is it? We live like that far too often ourselves, if we're really honest. Like, Jesus, just, just leave me be, please. That's my money. That's my time. It's my family. It's my skills. Part of the miracle of the miracle is the sharing that takes place. The boy generously shares his meal. Jesus does what only Jesus could do, and he takes what seems like something that's so small and, and insignificant, and he gives thanks for it, and he begins to distribute it to the, to the crowd. Now, I'm not sure how Hollywood de would depict this scene. Did bread and fish rain down from heaven like Claudio the Chance of Seafood? Did bread and fish suddenly just uh, appear in the hands of Jesus like he was pulling it from thin air? I don't know. Here, here's what I imagine. I, I wonder if every person there was confronted with the same choice that the boy had. In other words, I wonder if every person there, as Jesus began to, to, to distribute bread and fish, I wonder as, as people began to receive it, if, if they had a choice to keep it all or to share some and continue to pass it on, to distribute it. And that every time someone received bread and, and fish, they could receive some, but then continue to flow generosity. But isn't that really the way it's supposed to work, friends? Sharing is like this generosity multiplier. What if part of the miracle was people being willing to share and be faithful with what Jesus had given them, the bread and the fish? I uh, once led a team on a mission trip to, to Miami um, to do uh, mission work with different organizations and nonprofits there in the city. And one day we went to work in a community there known as Little Haiti uh, at an urban farm where we met a man named Ray. Ray had this South Florida tan with, with white hair and a full white beard, and he wore flip-flops. Little Haiti is a community that has historically struggled with, with poverty and crime and drug trafficking and Ray told us about how he had bought a house in the heart of Little Haiti with the idea to help people in poverty and give them something to be, to be proud of that would provide an alternative economy and activity to, to drug trafficking and crime. All he had was a small backyard. But starting with that, he offered it up to Jesus. He cultivated it. He began to teach people in the neighborhood how to farm. Gradually, the adjoining Properties whose backyards bumped into Ray's shared their backyards to be farmed too. Ray ended up with an acre of a farmland behind his house and continues to expand the farm to neighboring lots with the generosity and help of neighbors in the community who have bought in. I have no many I have no idea how many acres the farm is now, but I'm sure that God has continued to use it for good. It was just an ordinary backyard except it isn't so ordinary when it's offered up and shared with Jesus. And when that sharing is multiplied, Jesus, he knows what to do with that. Ray, his neighbors, the boy, the crowds, they shared. What about us? 
At its core, sharing what God has given us means that we have a different way, a kingdom way, we might say, a different way of assigning value to things, a kingdom way that extends God's generous love. So all of a sudden, five loaves and two fish isn't just lunch. It's an opportunity to bless others. It's an investment in the kingdom, a chance to glorify God. All of a sudden, a love for music isn't just entertainment. It's an opportunity to bless others, to invest in the kingdom, to glorify God. All of a sudden, the time that God has given us isn't just about spending on ourselves, but an opportunity to bless others, to invest in the kingdom of God, to glorify God. All of a sudden, the money in our bank account isn't just a security blanket or a ticket to the good life or a status symbol or a means to control, but an opportunity to bless others, to invest in the kingdom, to glorify God. I find it interesting that John tells us that Jesus already knew what he was going to do when he saw the massive crowd gathering at mealtime. Which, if you think about it, means that Jesus already knew that he was going to depend on a boy willing to share his lunch. He knew he was going to depend on the generosity of the crowd gathered there to continue to pass and distribute the bread and the fish to not stop the flow. God doesn't need us to be generous for God to be generous. And God has created us in such a way so that when we're faithful and we share what God has given us, we become conduits for God's generous love. Our sharing points to a generous God. So this story is a, is a momentary vision, a picture of what we are supposed to do with what God gives us. Share it. From the beginning, our human vocation has, has been to be conduits, vessels, a pipeline for God's generous love and blessing to the world. Multipliers of God's blessing. What do we have that we have not received as a church? Everything we have and everything we are today at Village Church Rollsville has been because of people like each one of you sitting here being willing to be faithful with what God has given you, being willing to share your time and your gifts and your abilities and your money and to offer it up to Jesus and to trust him to do something amazing with it. What would happen if one of us did not offer our lunch to Jesus or was willing to share and pass on what Jesus has given us? What would happen if, if Sherry didn't come in and, and do coffee this morning? What would happen if, if Holly Hunt and the Dugans and, and Mike and Joy Craig and Diana Patton and, and so many other families hadn't come yesterday to, to help with the Fall Fest? What would happen if our, if our band didn't offer up their musical gifts? What would happen if we, if we didn't uh, give God um, our offering? What might we be missing out on collectively? What might Rollsville, Wake Forest, this community, the people who live in it be missing out on? The remarkable truth? The remarkable truth is everything the people needed for a miracle of provision and generosity was already there. The power of Jesus a lunch, and people willing to share. The same is true with us, friends. We have the power of Jesus. We have what God has given us. And if we're willing to share, if we're willing to offer up what we have to God and trust God with it, 
amazing things happen. There's an old preacher story that, that circulates that goes something like this. A church brought in a guest preacher pastor to speak at an event to try to spur giving to support a new mission endeavor at the local church. After a really stirring sermon and prayer, the preacher looked out of the congregation and said, well, friends, I've got good news and I've got bad news. The good news is I know for a fact we have more than enough money here to fund this new mission. The bad news is it's in your wallets. Today, I guess it would be it's in your phone or your bank account. Friends, the good news is we have everything we need to grow as a church, to see more people in worship and in B3 groups, to reach new families with the gospel of Jesus, to become more inclusive, to become more justice-oriented, to know and love our neighbors, to deepen our community comp uh, partnerships, to start new ministries, to raise up kids to follow Jesus, to grow and multiply B3 groups. The bad news is, no, the good news is, the good news is, it's in our lives. What we need is in our lives. It's in our lives, and we simply have to share it. Because that's what faithfulness with what God has given us looks like. So let's join together. Let's share and offer what we have, what's in our lives. Let's commit, and then let's watch as, and be amazed as Jesus takes our ideas, our time, our energy, our skills, our passions, our abilities, our financial resources, our bodies, our words, holds them before his Father with prayer and blessing and then does something amazing with it for his kingdom, for this church, for this community. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.